Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. God is so good, isn't he? And it's a blessing to be able to come into church and already feel the presence of God. God is so good. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. So I was in the second grade and so excited for the school harvest festival. My mom dressed my sister and I up like princesses. We wore purple satin gowns with crowns and our outfits were complete with gold wands topped with a star. And I loved the look so much that I wanted to wear it everywhere. School, daycare, the grocery store, you name it. Yeah, church. Our school put on this evening harvest festival with booths and activities and games. And I'll never forget, there was one booth that we came to with a fishbowl toss. You guys remember those? Good old fishbowl toss. And thank you so much. Well, at the time, I had zero athletic skills. Well, wait a minute. I still have zero athletic skills. What am I saying? But I, because I was always the kid that got picked last in PE, because when the ball flew in my direction, instead of catching it like a normal person, I would go into self-defense mode and close my eyes. Like if my eyes are shut, surely the ball can't hit me. Well, that's another story. So I wanted to play the fishbowl toss, but my throwing skills were lacking. So I did the smart thing and I asked my dad, who was with me, to toss the ping pong balls for me. Well, those carnival games are harder than you might think. And I was beginning to think that the whole thing might be rigged because even my dad couldn't get the ping pong ball into one of those little fish bowls. Well, I was desperate for him to make it. Why? The prize was a beautiful goldfish in a plastic bag, and I had to have that fish. Well, finally, thank you, Jesus, my dad made the shot. And I was handed my beloved goldfish. My dad told me to hold it very carefully, and I did. For the rest of the carnival, for the rest of the evening, I carried that fish ever so gently, careful not to scare it. My goldfish was my very first pet, unless you count my Tamagotchi. Does anybody remember those? (laughs) The handheld, egg-shaped digital pet hanging from a keychain. Boy, I was good to my little Tamagotchi. Those are making a comeback, by the way, so check your local Walmart. They will be there. And I love that little Tamagotchi, but my fish was my very first real pet. And my sweet parents blessed their hearts. Here I come home with my prize, and now the unforeseen expenses start to kick in. (laughs) We had to buy a fish tank and some food, and that little mermaid figurine to sit at the bottom of the tank. Oh, and some pretty rocks, because this fish tank was going into my room, so it needed to be girly, right? Well, I remember naming my fish, and it was something really original, like Goldie. (laughs) 
thinking like a winner, I know. <laughs> Having a pet is like adding a new member to your family. You have to care for it, feed it, and clean its tank. And if we are good stewards of our pets, hopefully they will grow and thrive. I would like for you to consider this morning the fish tank philosophy, the goldfish theory. It is rumored and somewhat proven that a goldfish will grow to suit the size of its tank. If you increase the size of its tank, the goldfish will continue to grow. Conversely, if you keep a goldfish in a small tank, it will stop growing or may even die. Well, like my goldfish, there are things in life that we have been called to oversee, to nurture, to protect, and to care for. I want us to think of a goldfish this morning, my goldfish, as an example of our talents, our giftings, our relationships, our time, our finances, our houses, our cars, our apartments, our possessions. When it's under my roof, in my room, on my dresser, in my fish tank, it's mine to care for. It's mine to manage, it's mine to oversee. And as sons and daughters of the Most High God, we are all stewards. What does it mean to steward? It means to manage or to look after. Charles Bug defines stewardship in the Holman Bible Dictionary as utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. Selfish people are always going to ask, what can the world do for me? And stewards, conversely, are going to ask, what can I do for the world? God is our source, and everything that we are, everything that we possess is from him. And if God has given it to you, it's yours to be a good steward of. Psalm 68:19 says, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Selah. The word of God tells us that he daily loads us with benefits. Daily we are divinely blessed. And what are we doing with those benefits? Are we being good stewards, good managers of those blessings? When we hear the word manager, maybe the last person you would ever think of is yourself. Maybe when we hear the word manager, we think of our boss at work or the head of our department or the business owner or the CEO of our company. But God has called us all to be managers over the blessings that he has given us. And just like my goldfish, it will be up to us to create space for the blessing to grow. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. And Proverbs 3, 9 says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. I've talked about my grandpa before, and I'm going to talk about him again. He had a green thumb like you wouldn't believe, and he could literally get anything to grow. He had everything from banana trees to sugar cane to a fig tree on his property. He took great care in pruning the trees and removing the weeds in fertilizing and watering and caring for his garden so much so that it continuously bore fruit. So much fruit that he would pack up those old school brown bags full of it and pass it out to the neighbors. 
when we take care of the blessings that God has called us to oversee, to manage, to protect, those blessings will always bear fruit. And that fruit will then be able to serve others at our place of work, at our home, where we go to church, where we go to school, where we go grab our coffee, where we do our grocery shopping, and in our community. John chapter 15 verses 1 and 2 says, I am the true vine. Now this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And verse 5 goes on to say, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, and apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, for the record, when I say it's all Jesus, it is. It is always all Jesus. And scripture just told us, apart from him, we can do nothing. Oh, but with him, nothing is impossible. So Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. And when we are plugged into the Most High God, we will bear much fruit. And you'll be able to look at your life and go, well, this, this fruit just doesn't make sense. Oh, it will never make sense because it's not from you, it's from him. Amen. To him be the glory. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. And that fruit can blossom tenfold if we are good stewards of the harvest. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. We've all heard of that scripture passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, which says that God will not give us more than we can bear. And in this context, scripture is really talking about temptation, that he's always going to create a way of escape. But I also believe that when it comes to the blessings of God, here again, God will not give us more than we can handle. If we will squander the blessing, if we're going to waste it, if we're going to throw it away, ruin it, damage it, or kill it, why would he give it to us? Or why in the world would he increase it? Why would he give us more? Wouldn't he instead entrust it to someone else that will take good care of it, that will be a good steward of it? Maybe growing up, for you, it wasn't a goldfish. Maybe you were in charge of a cat or a puppy or a mouse, or a lizard, or that little plant in the backyard. Well, my goldfish was mine to care for. And one day when I came home from school, my little goldfish was belly up in the tank. And I was devastated. My family had a little funeral for the goldfish. <laughs> now, what is a goldfish funeral, might you ask? It's the whole family gathering around the toilet in the bathroom <laughs> to say a few words and a little prayer before we flush Goldie down the toilet. <laughs> we fed Goldie, we kept the tank clean, and I even talked to Goldie every day. But still, Goldie died. 
in our lives, if we're not careful, we can be quick to proclaim our blessings, our callings, our giftings, and our talents dead. We have a funeral for it, and we flush it down the toilet. Romans 11.29 says, For the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. I love that scripture. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God doesn't make any mistakes. When God grants you a gift or places a calling upon your life, it's without repentance, meaning that that gifting will always be yours whether you use it or not. That calling will always be yours whether you answer it or not. God places the calling on your life and the blessings in your hand, and it's up to us to take care of it. The problem is we can so easily get distracted from our callings. And we can so easily forget the value of the blessing that's right in our hand. Instead of focusing on the blessing, we see a dirty tank or the weight of additional responsibility. And then instead of tending to our fish tank, we start looking at our neighbor's fish tank. And you think their tank is bigger or cleaner or snazzier. Oh, and look, their fish is bigger too. Or maybe I only have one fish and they have two. How come they have two? Or maybe you look at your neighbor's tank and think, hmm, they really have some work to do over there. <laughs> they need a new filtration system. Those fish need to be fed. Oh, and that tank is filthy. We are not called to compare ourselves or to judge someone else. Focus on you and on your blessing. And believe me, people, if we really do focus on ourselves, it's a full-time job. But boy, we say, if that were my tank, if those were my kids, if that was my job, if that was my house, if that were my relationship, I would do this differently, I would do that differently, and this and this. Well, guess what? It's not your tank. It's not your relationship. It's not your house. Focus on your own calling. Focus on your own mission. Keep your head down. Stay in your own lane and make sure that your own house is in order. It's so easy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's so easy, it is, to focus on what other people are doing or not doing or on what other people have. Because if we're focused on others, then we don't have to deal with the dirt inside of our own tank. Have you ever had someone ask you like 101 questions? Like they don't even take a breath. And it's not because they're genuinely interested in you. They just want the scoop. And you notice that if you turn the question asking on them and start asking them questions, they quickly shut it down and redirect the conversation back on you. They don't want the spotlight because they would rather spend their time helping you clean up your own yard when they are standing in a pile of leaves in their yard. When we start focusing on keeping our own tanks clean and tending to our own blessings, it's incredible how our perspective can change. 
when you have spent your time, your effort and energy in tending to, in caring for, in pouring into and helping grow those things that God has put into your hand, it's amazing how you stop caring about what everybody else is doing. Several years ago, and this is, you know, honest hour with Jess per usual, I'll tell you guys everything in here. <laughs> so here we go, buckle up. Several years ago, I went from content and grateful for my job to complacent. And this was about five years ago, thinking back. And I started having this nasty little attitude of, they're just lucky I'm here. They're just lucky I showed up. Um, excuse me, what? We can be guilty of thinking that the world owes us a living that our company is just lucky that we showed up and we're breathing the corporate air. Well, as you can imagine, my attitude had an effect on my performance. And my performance at work suffered. I would breeze in late, I didn't accomplish what I was capable of accomplishing in an eight-hour day, and I was not giving my job my very best. Sometimes we have to be reminded that it's not our boss we're working for. It's not even the company that we're working for. We're working for the Lord. It's for his glory, and in everything that we do, we must do it as unto him. He's always watching. Even if my boss doesn't know what I'm up to, God sure knows what you're up to. I'll tell you, my poor performance had a negative effect on me because I knew that I was capable of more. I knew that I was capable of better. I knew that I was capable of excellence, and I just wasn't giving it. I had this joke, and I thought it was really funny. I'm like, I'm only at 80%. I'm only giving 80% of my effort, 80% of my ability, but I would say my 80% is most people's 150, so I'm good. And that was my poor excuse for not giving my job my all. This job that was a blessing to me, this job that was an answer to prayer, this job that was a gift from God started to feel more like a burden simply because I was not giving it my best, simply because of my perspective. Perspective is so powerful. More than a salary, more than a bonus, more than health benefits or a 401k plan, there is an intrinsic reward that comes with doing your best. An intrinsic reward, by definition, is the feeling of pleasure and satisfaction that a person feels and is not reliant on sources outside of the person, such as praise, trophies, or money, all of which are examples of extrinsic rewards. So the successful completion of a task has intrinsic value, and therefore it's subject to an intrinsic reward. Don't you feel good when you do good? You do, don't you? When I've done a good job, nobody has to tell me. And if you're all being honest with yourselves, it would be the same for you. We know when we've given it our best. And when I've given something my best, I know as I know as I know it. But when I'm not giving something my best, 
even if everyone around me thinks that I'm giving 150%, even if everybody around me is patting me on the head, I know that I'm not. I know that I could be better, and I know that I could do better. Well, as you can imagine, I soon got sick of the mediocre, of not giving my best. And I grew tired of not giving excellence because I knew that I was capable of more. Well, thank you, Jesus. Finally, I snapped out of it, and I asked God to forgive me for my poor work performance, and I started giving 150% all over again, just like I did when I first got my job. And suddenly, my perspective began to change. Isn't that funny? And I had this fresh, renewed perspective. I love my job all over again. Isn't that funny? When we invest in something, when we really give it our best, we start to see the beauty in it rather than the negative, rather than the coworker that eats chips all day too loudly and they're annoying me over in cubicle A. Right? And it was re re it renewed my, my vision, renewed my, my like just gratitude for my job. And as God is my witness, you guys, within two weeks, of me shifting my perspective and giving my job my best all over again, my boss called me into his office and gave me a huge pay increase. Was that, was that even on my radar? No. But isn't that funny how that works? God wanted to bless me, but first I had to be a good steward of what was already in my hands. 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Luke 16.10 says, He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is in, in unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. God knows, and God sees all. How does God know we're ready for our blessing to grow? How does he know that we're ready for more? Because we've done well in stewarding what he's already put into our hand. That's how God knows. Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 through 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. And it's so true. Want more out of your life? It's really simple. Be more. Why? Because you are capable of more. Give your best to everything that God has placed into your care for his glory. Martin Luther King said, If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep the streets even as Michelangelo painted, or Beethoven composed music, or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep the streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. Do people see God reflected in our work performance? Do people see God reflected in how we keep our houses clean because we're grateful for the housing that we have? When you really start to break it down, are we really polishing those things that God has given us so that they shine brightly for him? God wants to bless us abundantly, to pour out blessings from heaven that we cannot contain, and you know that he does. 
But we have to make room for the miraculous. We have to create space for our little fish, our little blessing to grow. We have to keep our tank clean, we have to keep our heart right, and we have to keep our souls plugged in to the Most High God. Would you stand with me this morning? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.